Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. I'm Emily Donahue. Thank you for joining us. Lebanon held elections on May 15th. They brought in some new faces to the government. The results also undermined the Hezbollah-led parliamentary coalition that's held power since 2018. The country is in a long-running economic crisis. So what's next for Lebanon's political system? Here with answers is Ryan Bowles, Senior Middle East and North Africa Analyst from RAIN. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Emily. Talk to me about how elections in Lebanon work. So uh, Lebanon is a unique sectarian system, and that, that really translates into elections in which getting a majority doesn't necessarily translate into power or, or even change. Uh, so the system is broken up into three major sects, Shia, uh, Sunni, and Christian. And these are an allotted amount of seats that each sect gets. So if you are labeled a Lebanese Christian uh, within Lebanon, you can only vote for Christian candidates. So you can't cross over to the other sects to try to change uh, the political system. And, and this creates a certain level of stagnation in their politics. It's notoriously difficult for candidates who are running from outside of the establishment to break into the political system to, to overturn results. Uh, we don't see, for example, in Lebanese political history, political parties don't come and go very often. They, they last a very long time uh, because once a party has established itself as the champion of that uh, sectarian group, uh, it's very hard to dislodge them. It's very hard to win the votes from within the community. And you certainly can't do cross-sectarian alliances uh, that would allow you to get rid of parties that are perhaps out of touch or dysfunctional or, or even overtly corrupt uh, because of the way that this sectarian system is set up. And that's pretty much what happened with the 2022 elections, just as it did in the 2018 elections. We're not seeing a transformational change the way that we would expect because of this sectarian system, in, in spite of all the crises that are going on in Lebanon. Uh, remarkably, there's still not been a, a major political change like there might be in other parliamentary systems. Ryan, that seems like there are a lot of constraints. With that in mind, do we have a clear idea of who would be the next prime minister and what their agenda might be? So it's a good question. Uh, within the Lebanese system, it often takes months. In some cases, it's taken even years for governments to form. And then when governments do form, they tend to not necessarily last very long or have a whole lot of power for change. So there really isn't a clear front runner at the moment for who will be the next prime minister. And that's in part because a new uncertain element entered the Lebanese political scene. And that's this faction of independent members of parliament, uh, members of parliament who are running as not part of any of the establishment uh, political parties. And they won just enough votes where they're in a position to influence who's going to be the next prime minister. And we just don't know whether or not they're going to assert that power very well. And we certainly don't know whether or not that they, the traditional alliances, the Lebanese system has traditionally been split between uh, Hezbollah aligned political parties and then more or less everybody else into two kind of 
pro and anti-Hezbollah factions within the country. We don't know if they'll do a little bit of, of, of crossing over and creating new alliances because to some of them, new political parties and new politicians are more of a threat to them than their own uh, old sectarian rivalries. So we can't really say who's going to be the front runner at the moment. We've got a list of names and, of course, the the former prime minister, Najib Mitaki, uh, who has been leading the country for the past uh, about a year or so now. Uh, he might be in the mix as well because he's a relative neutral insider that, that a lot of the insider factions can, can work with. Uh, but even then, once we get through this really messy process of trying to select a candidate for prime minister, it then boils down to how much change they'll be allowed to do. Uh, because many of the uh, political insiders don't particularly want a very strong reform program because a reform program that might address the economic crisis that's going on in the country, Lebanon has one of the worst economic crises in the world, uh, means that many of them will have to take a haircut on their wealth. They don't want to have to give up their wealth and privilege to restructure the country's budget or, or its economy or its financial sector. They simply don't want to give that up. Um, and so they will push hard against a prime minister who might come to power who's trying to bring about change. And, and that, again, that just leads us to this, this scenario of stagnation, which remains the most likely thing to happen going forward, even as we're, we're seeing unprecedented economic pressures on Lebanon. Uh, many of the establishment figures believe that they can continue to resist the power, the popular pressure for change um, for at least the near term. So, Ryan, what sort of signposts or events might we be looking for as we try to understand what happens next in Lebanon? Well, one of the big ones will be the presidential election that will happen in or around October of uh, this year. And that presidential election, even though the president is mostly a, a ceremonial head of state, that will be a contested election. Uh, it has to go to a Christian, so it will involve the Christian community. And the Christian community within Lebanon is split between uh, pro and anti-Hezbollah factions. And the anti-Hezbollah factions gained a little bit of parliamentary ground this time around. And many of those anti-Hezbollah factions within Hezbollah are holding Hezbollah responsible for the economic crisis. They're, they're saying that they are the faction that's most in the way. So we need to see who might win the presidential election later this year. After that, we also need to be watching for whether or not there's uh, any deal making or political parties that are forming new alliances, uh, whether or not this new independent group of politicians starts to cut deals with the establishment or if they hold their own or, or if the establishment realigns so that some of them are a little bit more reformist to take advantage of this groundswell of, of Lebanese who are demanding change. We need to keep an eye on that internal maneuvering to see what happens next. Um, many people look at Lebanon and they think of it as a proxy conflict between Saudi Arabia and Iran or Israel and Iran. Uh, but in this case, the insiders, the Lebanese themselves, are really driving where change is going to go because many of the outside powers have more or less either gotten what they're going to get out of Lebanon or they believe that putting more influence into it or putting more ground, uh, uh, money into the country or trying to manipulate events isn't necessarily worth the effort anymore. So the outside powers are actually somewhat standing aside, and this gives space for the insiders to really define what's going on next. So, Ryan, when are these elections? The presidential election will be in October of 2022. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you, Emily. Ryan Boll is Rain's senior Middle East and North Africa analyst. You can follow his work in Rain Worldview. 
but you need a subscription. Lucky for you, Rain is offering four weeks of content for just one dollar. Get the details and subscribe today at rainworldview.com. That's R-A-N-E worldview.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.